Okay, hello, here we are on September 8th, 2016 at the Science Fiction Club meeting, and we are here to talk about our book for this month, which is The Flicker Men by Ted Kosmotka. And we'll go around and see what people thought about this book. Well, this is Sherry. I haven't been here for a few months, and I've missed this group. It just seems like a lot of things came up on these nights. I'm glad to be here tonight. I must say, when Mary sent out her email asking if people liked this book, I was at the exact point in the book where I did like it, which was maybe for about an hour or two, um, which was when they first discovered that uh, animals couldn't uh, change the, whatever, however you describe it, couldn't do the same thing as people did. And my first thought was, well, maybe you have to, I didn't just jump to the conclusion that it meant you had a soul. I was thinking maybe you had to understand what a light was, and they should test infants. And then, of course, they had Dr. Robbins testing fetuses, and that was interesting. And then I thought the book just, I really, really disliked this book. I thought there were so many logical flaws. I'll let other people jump in with their opinion before I start in on all the flaws that I thought were in this book. I did not understand the science particularly. Uh, that could just be me, but there were just a lot of just flaws in the book. I thought it was pretty dreadful overall. Well, I agree, except that I love the science part in part one. I got to give them that. That was interesting. But then, as I said in my my question, the note that I wrote, I thought what the author did was he just turned the thing into a thriller. I'm not a big fan of thrillers. He had all these plots going around in his head, it seems like, and he tried to use concepts of quantum theory to bring things together, but it didn't work because it didn't seem like he mentioned that too much. It was all just a lot of random plots that tried to fit together and didn't, and I thought it just degenerated when they took the science out of it, at the, I guess about the end of part one. And my favorite character died and got killed at least once, the guy from India. I thought he was wonderful. And so, no, I I can give you credit for part one, but the rest of it, just, just as far as I'm concerned, is very forgettable, and, and I couldn't stand parts two and three. Well, I found that almost beyond my comprehension. <laughs> I think my ability to grasp these subtle science facts is, is, is a little bit limited. I found that they, I, I didn't quite understand the experiment that they were doing in the beginning um, where you know, they determined that some people apparently were a little bit different than the average human beings. I guess that started the whole thing with um, our main character who narrates the whole thing. Um, and then when I, it, you know, it's sort of mixed science and, and religion, I guess. I don't know. With, with all these different types of universes of cascades, things and all that, I found that just beyond my ability to absorb. I, I did like the thrill, the, the chase parts of it, things like that. I, I sort of like that kind of stuff. But in general, I just found it too, too difficult to grasp the, the whole idea of the book. Well, to me, if I were to categorize this book, it would be science fiction, uh, suspense, thriller, horror, um, I guess a little bit of romance even. Um, some religion, but not not much. But really, this was a 
I think you're right. It was a bunch of plots. I actually didn't mind it. Um, I, I the thing I thought was interesting was the flicker men themselves. How they would, you know, they would be able to make the wave appear or disappear at will, basically. And I wish that I don't think he figured out a way to explain that. But that would have been cool to even think of. Um, and then um, this whole sphere, the sphere kind of um, went in with this whole other project. And yeah, I really wish that that, uh, that Indian guy had not died. He was really cool. And of course, uh, Eric Sandval did a great job as he usually does. But now I didn't mind the book. Now would I read it again? I don't think so. But I did not mind it. Well, I hope you can hear me. Um, I agree with things everybody said. I found the science part interesting, but then I, you know, it just stopped being science and started being chasing and a thriller suspense thing. I did wish they hadn't killed off the Indian guy. Uh, the other thing I wondered, I know about the double slit experiment, but I wondered if anybody's actually tried that. You know, um, not looking at it and then looking at it and seeing if it changes in, in real time. I always thought it was just recorded on photographic plates or screens and don't feel bad about not understanding quantum mechanics because I don't think anybody does. Well, I hope somebody figures it out. We're heading that way. Um, recently, uh, Jim Al-Khalili co-wrote a book about quantum biology, but I'll agree with everybody so far. The book was interesting. There were parts that were very hard to follow the quantum theory. It reminded me just a bit of something called superposition, which is the first in a two-book series that deals with quantum mechanics. People die and come back and split. It's so strange and confusing. But it was definitely a mind stretcher. Well, I'm going to put it a little stronger than Mary did because <laughs> I, I, I liked the first part. Uh, but it, it didn't turn into a thriller. For me, it turned into a B-grade horror movie, complete with hellhounds. So he didn't use that actual phrase. Well, he did use the phrase hounds. I put the hell in front because that's basically what they were. I mean, the, the, the book was like two different books, and he kind of stitched them together. He didn't explain, first of all, I mean, even when you talked about the science, he didn't explain what if the sphere had to do with the double, you know, with the... Uh, the people not being able to collapse the wave function. The sphere was a separate thing that he explained, and, um, you know, it was interesting about, uh, you know, being able to view things around corners. I'd heard of that before in Science News one time. Um, but he didn't explain that, and, you know, there was this interminable chase scene. You know, it went on for over an hour, and Definitely. they're fighting, and then... You know, this guy was punched in the head, and he got a broken nose, and he had he was kicked many times, and his scalp was lacerated with that guy in the pipe, and he's running, and he climbed up a hill for two hours, and he ran over. 
I said, this is not, just doesn't, this isn't going to happen. And then, you know, oh, I mean, I could go on a long way, but, and then Brighton is there, the, the, the CEO. I said, that'd be like the president, you know, President Obama or something, going out and fighting terrorists with him, you know, by him. You know, with his with his uh, generals or something. I mean, the CEO doesn't come out and, you know, he, his his minions do that stuff. I mean, there were just all kinds of things that bothered me. Um, but so I mean, I, I it really sounded great uh, when I was recommending it last month. But I'm really sorry, you guys. <laughs> now, Lissy doesn't agree quite. No, I don't. Um. I didn't understand all of the physics, and sometimes I'd get mad about that, and I'd pump Evan for explanations, which he could sometimes give. But I thought the author did a wonderful job of character with characterization. I a lot of times I I enjoy editing, and I have had some good experience editing, you know, actual actual authors, and I wish I could have given this authored more guidance, but he did a wonderful job with characterization. Um, the, um, the camaraderie among scientists at the think tank, you know, where this guy was employed, was so well drawn. I could feel myself going to work there and, and that um, underlying feeling of pressure of having to produce, and at the same time, socialize with guys that you're worried may, may outthink you and keep the job that maybe you want to keep. I don't know. I really enjoyed the scientists. Of course, I was sad with the Indian um, scientist dying. Yeah, we all liked him. Yeah, but w what what's interesting is, uh, for, for example, is the fact that the author showed us how his character degenerated, his his happiness, his sense of well-being, which was so intact when he was doing his own research, when he became obsessed with um, finding out, you know, who could and could not see the um, those double lines or whatever. Um, when he started understanding the implications of that research, how it really tore down his his sense of well-being and his you know he he had such he was so grounded and then he became so haunted and it was sad that just as he was ready to let it go and just go back to his family and let all those otherworldly things take care of themselves that he was killed but he drew some other really good characters too um, including the um, the boss at the at the um, think tank and the way he tried to manage the scientists and and be diplomatic when he had hard things to say, but he was good at heart. Um, and the friend, um, the former friend, I I got some connection with that, but that that was in part two, so I thought part two had some science in it. Um, I just I just liked it better. I wanted I wanted the main character to survive, and I wanted him to save the universe. And I I thought it, it raised some interesting questions when all of those people who couldn't see the two lines or whatever those they all died in in one fell swoop. 
there were things that were left unexplained, and I was resentful about that. I don't, I don't like those open-ended endings where you say you figure it out. But one thing I can tell you is that when he put the formula up on the whiteboard and he was able to continue it, you know he was going, I, I feel that was going back to his original research that he had started with, with the man who developed the sphere. And so I think he's going to develop the sphere again. And they did say that societies that were scientific progress happened quickly had better survivability. And so he's going to continue that by trying to be productive himself. You make a lot of really good points, Lissy. I, I, you're right. He did develop the characters pretty well because, like you said, we all like Sadvik, the Indian guy. And so he does get some points for that. I, I was sorry that Sadvik was killed too, of course. What I didn't understand, though, is if they planned on killing Eric, why didn't they just kill Eric at the same time they killed Sadvik? That made no sense. And um, Eric was describing on the ride in this vehicle, how Sadvik was on top of him and his knees were on his chest, but then when they get there, Sadvik is suddenly wrapped in a tarp. Just when they were in the house running away from these people, he kept, I don't know how many times he mentioned how thick the dust was, and these people still couldn't find them. I mean, there should have been footprints all over. And then like Eric, Evan said, he goes through this pipe and he's all scraped up and his broken nose and his skinned back. And then when he runs away, they said he threw his pack over the barbed wire fence. How could he have a pack after he went through this whole pipe and everything? It just totally didn't make sense. And then when the big fire happened, does he call 911 on his phone? No, he's running around like crazy. It's just incredible. I think I'm talking. I mean, I know I'm talking, but I think I'm talking on the thing. Um, I was going to say something, and I completely forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, that broken nose part got to me, too. It, that, that, how do you break your nose and, and still like be okay? That didn't make any sense to me at all. Here's a question for you guys. By the way, I hope you guys can hear me. Did you know that Mercy and Joy were those Flickr people. I, I'm not surprised about Mercy, but I am surprised about Joy. I did not think that she was not blind. Uh, oh yeah, that reminds me. We were talking about Joy. Um, and early on, he talked about how um, he drove her home, and she didn't give him street names. She, she mm -hmm. told him where to go by counting intersections. Now, how do you do that if you can't see the intersections, since not every intersection has a red light, and not every intersection, even if you get to it, is red or has a stop sign necessarily? So how do you know? How does I mean, he he wasn't really. Um, uh, up on uh, blind, uh, how blind people, I mean, a blind person couldn't do that, I don't think. I did think that Joy was a double agent, and I guess that comes from reading a lot of mysteries. The fact that she joined shortly after he started being more productive, and there were just, I thought there were some hints about her. her. Also, 
I think this poor writer had more good ideas than he had control on how to how to corral them and, and put them into a better story. Oh, yeah, he threw in all kinds of stuff. I mean, Bohm's Implicate Order, which I read, and I still don't understand it. Uh, maybe I need to read it again. Um, uh, a Bostrom Simulation Argument, which I've seen multiple times and read about. Uh, and, you know, it, it was just all kinds of stuff thrown in there. And he really didn't, you know, he, he should have, you know, tried to come out and, you know, narrow it down to fewer ideas and develop them more and connect them better, as I said. He never connected the sphere to the Flicker men. He said it was immensely powerful and it could record, you know, with immense fidelity. But what did that have to do with Eric's experiment at the beginning, which was the whole big plot of the book, I thought. So he never made he never made the connection with those. So I mean the whole thing falls off the rails about five hours in. Uh, a couple comments. Number one, I knew a blind person who could tell you exactly where you were driving. Uh, he was from Mexico, and he somehow he knew Mexico City had a map in his brain, and he could tell exactly where you were, what intersections you were crossing. I don't know how he could do it, but he was able to do it, unless it was deceiving me, and he could see, and I didn't know that. But regarding Joy, it turns out that she could see, apparently, so I wonder why she had brown books in her apartment if she really wasn't blind. Was that just as a to back up her story? And the other thing is, I wasn't aware that Mercy was one of the Flicker people. Was she? Well, she was. She disappeared uh, at the end, and they never found her body. So uh, he assumes that she was one. Um, I think that's. I thought they said they found her. Oh, did they find her? I don't know. I one stopped of, caring at some point. I just wanted the, it to be over. One of the <laughs> things I loved about the story was this author does have a tremendous respect for and pride in scientists and so that that counted for a lot in my book I actually you're right you're right maybe she wasn't a flicker person but I thought she was I actually like the camaraderie between the scientists as well where they played basketball and um, you know stuff like that um, yeah, I have to agree with you, uh, you guys. It it really did turn into a horror book. But the science part of it was the spear. The thing is, he didn't explain a lot, and when he did explain it, it just it got way, way uh, deep or something. Why do they Why do they have one of his fellow researchers that use the name Machine Man? That seems a little strange point machine. He was a basketball player. He mentioned it at the very beginning. He was a big guy and he was the he was the guy who could just roll down the court and make points. That's why they called him point machine at the basketball lunch bas lunchtime basketball games. That's so where tall. that came from. Well, I'm glad you asked about that cuz I must have missed that too cuz I kept thinking why does he have such a silly nickname, and why doesn't he just use his name? Now, it's interesting, too. Eric was a rather conflicted person. Apparently, he was an alcoholic, and, you know, he had a lot of drinking problems. I think he was he kicked out of one of the research things before. And then, of course, his father committed suicide, you know, shooting himself, and he was about ready to do that same thing again. So he was rather a conflicted, you know, person with a lot of problems. And the strange thing also, when he ended up in the hospital towards the end and couldn't remember anything that was happened, what had happened to him, a lot of strange things. And, and 
with the disappearance of all these people, I am assuming that all the people that disappeared were, were those who were flicker men or flicker people. And then the question is, what exactly or who exactly were the flicker people? Yeah, he really didn't develop that well. I think Lila said that too. And you're right. You didn't really have a sense of what these people were about. I thought there was a laugh-out-loud scene in the hospital when the psychiatrist is interviewing him, and the psychiatrist asks him, are you having delusional thinking? Well, hello, anyone who's having delusional thinking doesn't think it's delusional thinking. That's nothing that a psychiatrist would ever ask somebody. That A whole idea of that was, that made me laugh out loud. He clearly didn't have blind down. He didn't have that down either. I can't imagine any blind person not using a cane or a dog of some kind and just kind of feeling their way around the office. That just doesn't seem realistic to me. And maybe he was trying to have her character not be realistic so we would know that she was going to end up being a spy, but I figured that was the case. I expected her to turn up later in the book as a bad guy of some sort. I thought there was something in there also about her counting steps or something. I thought, oh man, is that off the wall? <laughs> I don't know any blind person counting steps, but I have been asked that many times. I don't know where people get these ideas. <sighs> yeah, we remember that, counting steps. I Go ahead. Um, I had a funny experience recently. I was in a, a medical situation, and the guy, the lady who was guiding guiding us, actually tried to guess how many steps to tell us. She said she would say, "I think it's about twenty steps ahead of you," and that's even worse because people can't even begin to estimate the number of steps something is. But of course, you know, none of us count steps. We did notice that there were parts of the book where the author hadn't done their res his research and he made mistakes. I think he did his, most of his research in the quantum mechanics um, and not in the other stuff. Or maybe he's a physicist and knows all that stuff already. So actually, what was the main, if one were to try to get out, to get the idea of the main theme of the book, apparently these Flickr people, including the CEOs, and I keep forgetting, their purpose was to stop civilization from advancing, and that's why they funded, you know, they tried to, to set up these research facilities and, and, got, and, and get these scientists to go down dead ends and, and everything, and, and the whole idea was so that civilization would not advance? Was that the main premise of the thing? I think I think so. So basically, they found those who were advancing, and they uh, they they um, funded them, and then they basically made it so they had to shut down. Another thing. Now you guys got me thinking. Now he didn't. He said there was all these names: S U D S or whatever. He never said what the letters meant, did he? Or unless I missed it, that was weird. It's like, wait a minute. What does it mean? Um, and um, yeah, he he really did have issues with his mom was crazy. He went crazy. I have to tell you, when I got to the part where he was gonna he was gonna shoot himself, I skipped forward, and then I realized what happened, and uh, I, I I went back, but it's like, oh, I really don't want to see this part. I hate when you know I no that just wasn't going to be a good part for me. 
Nope, he didn't say what S-U-D-N or S-U-D-S. Actually, he gave a couple of acronyms or initials for the, the event. Um, and then he did say something about a psycho psychological event or something, but there was some kind of discontinuity after the sphere was destroyed, though he didn't explain why that should be, but... I mean, it was a power. It was a recording, but the world was going on before the sphere was here. So why would it not go on afterwards? But well, those initials, he didn't explain anything. Those initials stood for the syndrome that people had after people were dropping dead and killing themselves all over the world. Yeah, but he made it. But he made it mysterious and vague because he didn't tell us what the initials stood for. You know, he did. no, he didn't. He didn't tell us what they stood for. Uh, he told what one of the acronyms was. He listed a bunch of acronyms, mm. and then at the end, he gave it a, a name for it. I don't know. The fact that none of us can... He just said that all, you know, all, all across the world, there were different names for it. Yeah, but he didn't tell us what the initials were for. I mean, he just kept it too vague. He didn't He didn't lay it out. You know, he could have... He, well, he definitely should have done a better job with I, that. I thought he, he did. Here's the quality of book editing today is not what it might once have been in the days when publishing was considered more of a gentleman's game and not the mega business it is now where you have James Patterson Incorporated who um, writes outlines and then co-authors with a whole slew of um, writers who do it for the money and the, pre and the publicity and whip out like a book every month. So I was told to publish now you have to have a copy editor, you know, cop read your stuff for corrections and neatness and a plot or a story editor to help your storyline. I wonder if this guy managed to miss those somehow. Well, judging from books that I've read in the last however many years, I can certainly tell you that copy editors don't do what they're supposed to. <laughs> I think we can all back that up. Um, having been a technical writer in my past, I can tell you if you're going to do a good book, you've got to, at least as the author, you've got to take time to proof every word in your book to make sure that it is supposed to be what it is. And apparently these authors just write them and hand them out to somebody to work with or something, but anyway, I, I agree with you. This book just needed a lot of work. Well, Martin had a good point. I, I really totally just don't get the whole premise of the book. Um, not only don't I understand what the Flickr men were and if Brighton and his group were Flickr people or what, but I don't understand what Mercy and her people were trying to do either. I mean, they rescued Eric. Was their purpose to watch the bad guys and save scientists that the bad guys were going after because the one guy seemed pretty nasty himself the guy that was in with mercy and whatever that other woman's name was um so i didn't get their purpose either yeah i know the first thing he does is bash eric in the face after he rescues him and it's like gee well you're no better than the other guys are you i mean um uh, then, you know, Mercy makes him stop, but uh, gee, it was like, that was just, I thought that was kind of gratuitous. Well, they they explained that he used to be a bodyguard for the bad guy, and um, Vicar saved him, and um, he became her bodyguard, But and she tried to kind of reteach him, but, you know, apparently he, as as Mercy said, once in a while he would bite, and he was very loyal to Vicar, but he wasn't completely reformed. And another thing that 
well, one of the, I keep telling some of the saving graces, but one saving grace was that, you know, we, our hearts are in our throats when, um, what's the main character, Dave? Eric. Eric. When Eric goes to mm -hmm. the seashore and, and we think he may repeat, you know, his father's action, you know, and also when he, you know, he, he turned up that bottle and swigged down the liquor. And it was just a wonderful thing that he actually um, overcame his despair at all the awful things that had just happened to him and went back to work. Yeah. And he, was, and he was dry again. and That was, that was a good thing, yeah. I agree with you there. With you there. I, thought, I thought that was definitely a saving grace because I really thought he was going to do that. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think, oh, yeah, what did Mercy say? Yeah, we're the people that won't kill you. And then the guy bashes him in the face and says, okay, sure, okay. You're not going to kill me, but you're going to beat me to death. Well, I don't know what the difference is, but okay. Yeah, I think basically this book was the Flicker people, which is Brighton's people, against uh, Vickers people. And, um, that Bose guy, he really didn't need to be there, I don't think. I think he was just a, uh, he should have been like an extra in a movie or whatever. Because he, he was just kind of whatever. Um, and, and then the, it started off weird when it got to the dinner part. Because Brighton started talking weird, weird, weird. And I think that's when it kind of got weird. Um, I think what happened is the author tried to mix science fiction with thriller, with romance, with everything he could possibly do. I don't know if he, he, you know, wanted to be the first author to mix every genre in whatever, but he didn't do such a good job. I'm curious to know what the uh, critics thought of this book. I don't know. The uh, uh, um, Amazon reviews were pretty good, as I recall. As I think I mentioned on the list, some people noticed the the division, and some people thought, you know, that it was it didn't bother them too much. Um, um, overall, I think they thought it was pretty good. Like another thing that I found, um, when it, when it, the, he used the term relating to the sphere, which I can't remember. It was a word that I totally did, do not know. And I can't think of what it is. Does any of you remember what it was? I don't know if, he, if, if that was what the sphere represented, but it was something like a, sort of like a, well, I can't think of really what it was, but it was some term. And then when, when, when the sphere was, when he threw the sphere down and it smashed, it, it said that his skull was complete, another completely destroyed and then he woke up afterwards in a hospital so that, that was a strange jump of things which i don't know if it was ever really explained either yeah i think he was speaking a little we have to I, we have to assume he was speaking metaphoric there more metaphorically there a little bit um you know the quartz went through his skull or something and it, 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 it just felt like that because when the sphere was destroyed there was some kind of a discontinuity in the cascade of simulations or something like that. I don't know. I'm waving my hands frantically here, um, as they say in physics. Um, 
But um, that's what I think happened because, um, well, we don't know exactly what Brighton and his crew were trying to do. I mean, they they wanted the sphere because it was powerful, because it could record things, it could remember. But he wanted it because he said it could it could foretell the future or something. I don't know. It was a lot of gobbledygook for, you know. Well, More than usual for a science fiction book. One scene that wasn't exactly explained, but I thought it was fabulous, was when his former partner explained was show, demonstrating the sphere, and he told the story of how um, another copy of himself shot this, uh, you know, their fir- the first sphere that was built, and that then when Eric looked on the ground the glass was scattered around but there were two footprints in the glass that demonstrated that someone had to have been standing there to shoot the sphere to cause the glass not to fall where those two footprints were so you kind of i kind of got the idea that that it originally looked as if they were exact copies of the people outside the sphere but then as as you did it more and more those copies of yourself began to act on their own in a different mm-hmm. parallel kind of universe or 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 a overlapping universe <laughs> Something else, something else that didn't jive, and, and I thought about this while I was reading. Him and Stuart were together, and then he walks out, and he's immediately caught, I think. And he's, you know, they talk, blah, blah, blah. He goes into the pool room, and there's blood on the pool table. Well, then later on in the book, Bose is like, yeah. He took his medicine like a good little mouse. Why don't you? How did they catch Stuart so quickly right after they caught him? I mean, you would have thought they would have saw each other. So I don't think something was not right with that. Or did I miss something? I don't know. I think it might have been another person. Maybe it was a different person that they that was on the pool table. Uh, they, I mean, there might there. There's no reason why there wouldn't have been more than one. Yeah, but then why wasn't Stuart there when they went when he went? Well, because he got him after that. After. Oh, okay. After, uh, after uh, Eric escaped. Yeah, I noticed that too, Leela. I thought they did say that it was Stuart on the pool table, but I guess they could have caught Stuart later and killed him while Eric was still in the house somewhere. I, but when Eric got to the house, he heard screams, and the implication was that was who was being killed on the pool table. So maybe they had two cars there in Indianapolis, and one got Eric and one got Stuart at the same time. It was um, Eric's fault for calling Joy and telling her on his cell phone that's where he was going. We all, of course, knew that we were probably all screaming no at our players because we knew that was going to be a mistake. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, no. I think the really the biggest problem with this book is that we're all – above average in intelligence and we don't understand this book i mean that tells you something i think about you know i mean we're we're either out of touch with a lot of people who seem to think it was pretty good or 
or they're out of touch or something. I don't know what the deal is, but the fact that we have so much trouble figuring out why things happened or what actually happened or, or what the plot was, I mean, it, it tells you something. Maybe information is leaking in from another universe. And maybe it has something to do with the fact that a lot of people who are reading this book are seeing the, the scenes as if they're flashing really quick through a movie or something. And we're trying to analyze, and all they want to do is just read what happens and who gets it and who doesn't get killed and who who gets away and blah, blah. And, that's, and they don't care if it makes sense or not. Of course, that's probably wrong, too, but I'm just thinking. I actually call that biblionorcatization. And I do think many people just read, get a book, read. They'll read people like, and I don't mean to pick on James Patterson. He's the most prominent of a whole slew of these leading genre fiction writers. And you always know what you're going to get. You know what you're going to get when you pick up a Daniel Steele. You usually know what you're going to get when you pick up a Stephen King or one of those. And that's what people want. They want to kind of go somewhere. And they don't want to think too much. Though this book will make you think about quantum mechanics. But they're not going to pick the book apart. Well, I, did, I just, you know, I like to read for enjoying, but this book had so many, you know, it just, it, it dragged and dragged and dragged after they got through the f bit about the, the first bit about science, you know, I, I, and I didn't do any analysis, I just didn't plain like the book particularly. Well, you know, speaking of biblionarchitization, you know, Patterson's got these book shots out now. You know what else comes in shots, right? <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know either. I think we probably do expect more out of our science fiction than maybe some readers, but I didn't even understand why all those people died at the end, and maybe I missed something. Were the people that died all the flicker people or all the people that couldn't make those lines disappear or whatever. I didn't really understand that, and I didn't understand why that spear made that happen, but maybe that's just me. I'm assuming it was the Flicker people that died. Um, yeah, this, whoa, I don't know the word you guys said, but that was a big, huge word. Someone want to give me a definition? And then maybe we can discuss our next book. Biblionarchitization simply pulls the word biblio of books, relating to books, and narcotization, the, um, I assume the description being um, drugged by, you know, being knocked out, sort of zonked out. And so it's being zonked out by a book. Um, and Evan, I just looked up. I had not heard of Bookshots, James Patterson. It's for under $5, a 150-page or under thriller, because life moves fast. We're going to move so fast pretty soon we won't know whether we're coming or going. I miss the extremely long historic fiction books of the past that were like eight cassettes long. I really wish that would come back, but I know it won't, and let us I guess we better get to the book. Yeah, Bookshot. Bard has a couple of these Bookshots now. They're about two and a half hours long to read. Uh, just so anybody uh, it, who might not have seen them, they're they're coming out on Bard now. Anyway, sweetie, did you want to? I I just wanted to tell you, Dave, that um, David, that um, James Patterson has been my worst nightmare for for 
many years. I've followed his corruption of the of the book reading population from the from when he first started, and um, it does remind me of Isaac Asimov, who used to say, "I am famous, and many there are many out there who would like to be writers, and they're not going to get." A contract. So I think it would be a good idea for me to let them use my name and put my name in big print on the cop cover of a book and their name on in small print, and that'll give them a foothold in the in you know in the literary world to get their foot in the door, so that eventually they will be publishing on their own. And and I remember feeling very strongly um, against that um, that idea when I when I read it in, in Asimov's own words. And so when James Patterson started, I, I saw him interviewed and, and he doesn't do any of his own research. He farms all of his research out to college students and um, and as we know he has a whole stable of writers and then he puts his name on the book in big letters. And so I felt like this was an example where a science fiction writer's prediction or his, you know, it came true and I'm so sad about it. <laughs> we better get to our next book. I'm not recommending this month. Though I think, I'm just mentioning for the people who are listening and for all of you, um, Peter Hamilton's next book is coming out next month. I don't remember the date now. It might be after the next meeting, but the second half of the Fallers um, saga is coming out next month. At least it was when I checked on Amazon a few months ago. I, but it hopefully hasn't slipped. But I will check it um, in the next day or two and see if it's if it has. But if not, um, so some people I am looking forward to that, and some other people might be as well. But we can't do that this month because it isn't out yet. But um, other people have ideas. Bring them up now. Ooh, I'm looking forward to that next book. So yeah, I I, I will I will await your um, information, Evan. I think I hope I'm wrong, but uh, they're saying that. People are starting to have uh, the attention span of a goldfish, and I hope that reading doesn't start going that way because that's what kind of this book was. It was like it went from one to another to another, and it would you know grab your attention for a while, and then it goes somewhere else, and and it's like oh no, I hope this isn't where reading is going. Does anybody know when this book was copyright? And also, while well, I have the thing. Um, did anybody read the book Jim? And were we thinking of reading that? I I know I wasn't here for a couple of the meetings, and I know I saw that up on the uh, SF list. Um, yeah, Evan, if you could drop an email to the group when you see that Hamilton book out, I'm looking forward to anything he writes, too. And which series is this again? And I'm sorry, Leela, but I, I definitely have not read that book, and I'm not familiar with it. 
I think that the book we just finished is copyrighted within the last couple of years. I keep thinking 2015, um, but I could be wrong. Jim, I still haven't read it. I've had too many other things going on, and I do have it on my stream. I think we played the the uh, description of it last month. I remember reading it in Galaxy, and then I remember reading it a couple of years after that, but it has been... I would guess about 35 years or so since I even read the thing, so I'm totally clueless about what goes on, except I liked it. <laughs> that's all I can say. I'm reading a book that the library the library sends me books, and I get most of them I send back, but occasionally there's something that I like. I'm reading a science fiction one, and I can't remember the name, but it has to do, it takes place on a naval ship in space, and I think the year 2290-something, and they're going from Earth to um, another planet and taking people with and and there's these alien fish things that attack the ship and it's a lot of interaction between the the captain and his crew and things like that. Uh, does that sound familiar to, to anybody? Sherry, I'm really sorry. I do not remember the title of the first book of the Faller saga. It came out, was it last year? Yeah. Um, or actually, it was the year uh, late in uh, 2014, and uh, Bookshare got it in publisher quality. And I remember they had a, they had tacked on an excerpt from the second half, and the first publisher quality book that came out didn't have it. And I remember asking where you guys got that. Um, I don't remember the title of it, um, but there are only two books. It's about a, you know that world where you know those people were copying. Um, uh, people they knew and they you know they were taking them over and and uh you know they were falling from space and yeah. you know they were in the uh void you know so they have different kinds of powers in there they use the star energy of the stars to kind of make psychic powers work and stuff and so they had a, a, an organization that was overthrowing the the city powers and you know because they were being infiltrated and they didn't want to fight against the fallers um, that might be enough to jog your memory there a little bit, but I'll be darned if I can come up with a title, but I will come up with it. Well, that's okay. I'll just look at my list of what I've read of his and, and then look at the descriptions and figure it out, so no big deal. I, that does sound vaguely familiar. I remember the excerpt thing you were talking about. Was that, you mentioned the followers, that makes me think of a book, I can't remember the title, where it took place on a planet, and there was some medieval-type uh, guys there, and then they... I forget that someone who who came down and 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 was disguised as some <laughs> rather complex, but there were the followers. He says it would be falling, that would be falling from from the sky, and they would come down in eggs or something. Is that what you might be talking about? Because I don't remember the, don't remember the name of it. Yes, actually, they they were kind of medieval. These these worlds were pretty medieval. Um, I remember they had. Um, one of the um, Commonwealth ships was actually at the base, um, you know, in the deep basement under the capital of this building. It was like thousands of years later, because the time flows differently in there. But yeah, they did come down in eggs. You, you are, I think you're remembering that book. Yeah, that sounds familiar. And and some of the people that lived on the planet went out to look for them and found them and. Yeah, that's, that's sounding very familiar. Well, the second half is coming out next, uh, because they got kicked out of the void, apparently, at the end. Uh, because, remember, Nigel shows up with, um, and um, 
I forget, uh, and he meets the, uh, a woman, and um, they, and he sets up, well, I don't remember exactly, but I'm sure I'll, um, anyway, uh, we'll see what happens, but we got to figure out what we're going to do next month, because it's getting close to 10. Can we see some descriptions, some of the books that recently came that Mary put on? I don't remember the title. It was a couple where you had two different alien race or, or races living on a planet, or one planet that was humanoid and other humans, and now they were trying to get together or something. I forget which titles, but there were a couple of books that had subjects like that. That's why I was thinking, for lack of a better recommendation, maybe we should read Jim. Yeah, yeah, um, Martin, that, that is Jim. It's humans and three other species, and there's a lot of political stuff going on on Earth. I think Earth eventually ends up in a nuclear war, so it may not be the best <laughs> ending in the world, but, you know, it's it was written in the 70s. I vote for Jim. Oh, not a nuclear war. Um, oh, and don't forget, we have five weeks this month, too, so we can read something longer if anybody's got anything. Jem's pretty short, as I recall. I read it in Galaxy, and i got to be honest, I don't remember a lot of it, so I guess, I mean, I... I uh, but I'll go with the consensus, I guess, but I'd rather not read Nuclear War if I can get something. away from it. Wait, wait. If there's five weeks, there was one time we suggested a book, and I don't remember what it was, somebody might, and it was a long book, and we said, no, we better not read that because uh, it's a short month. Does anyone remember that? Or did we already read it? I don't think so, though. We should keep a list of, of recommendations. <laughs> it's true. We, there were a number of books that were mentioned uh, in previous meetings that we were going to postpone and, and read, and... Now I have no idea what they were. And I never have time to write them down and all that either. But Jim's a little over 12 hours, so it's not real short. Well, let's go with Jim then, if, uh, you know, since we can't think of anything else. And um, what I'll do is that book that I was talking about, this saga thing about the space, I'll, I'll send it to the, li to the list with the name, the number, and everything, just to see if anyone is interested in reading. It's pretty, it's pretty simple, and I'm probably... You know, people wouldn't like it that much, but I, I was going to do it before, and I didn't. But, yeah, I would say if you want to, let's read Jem. And that's J-E-M. Uh, you can type that in the search field on Bard. I don't have the book number, and it's not announced at the beginning of the book. So um, just J-E-M is the name of the book. We don't know the number. <laughs> well, there's no other book on a Bard called Jem, so <laughs> you probably wouldn't need the number. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't want to read about politics. Can't anybody think of anything else? Who wrote? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, the book on the on the, uh, that called the Third Wave that has to do with um, aliens disguised as humans trying to take over the planet and stuff. I think I have that on my um, list. That seems like ra like it's rather predictable though, because either the aliens are going to get killed off, or the humans humans are going to get conquered. Or they have a sequel. Go ahead, Go ahead. I read it, and it was one of those survivor books that after the fifth wave, there are very few humans left, and they're hiding in the woods, and they're hiding in camps, and little little guerrilla groups are out trying to kill the humans who have been taken over by the aliens and yes there is a sequel can you think of a book can you think of a book because i can't um 
uh, it's funny when I when I when we go, I know I'll say, "Oh yeah, why didn't I think of that one or that one or that one?" The only other other one I can think of is Embassy Town, and that's the one about the planet with these strange aliens that you don't know what they look like, and they let humans come in and live, and the alien language is so weird because the aliens have two mouths and all that. I did a review of it for the for uh, DB Review when I was on it, I think. I know that I wrote one for the club, but that, it was about three, four years ago. I was looking at my list, and I have something called Flanders by Patricia Anthony, but I'd have to get on to Bard to see what it's about. I just put the title and author for things I want to read, and it's like 14 hours, which is a little longer. If there's any possibility of getting a description of, well, yeah, Chris Mary just gave the description of NBC, NBC Town. That sounds like it could be interesting also. That's China Meville, I think. Yeah, I remember you read a review, wrote a review. It was pretty long, too, actually. It's a bit complicated. It gets into philosophy and the nature of consciousness and what happens when humans come in and change the aliens' world and they all act like the hippies did in the 60s and all that, and eventually they settle down and their culture is a bit more like humans and their language changes and all of that, but a lot of them get killed. So it, it's, in a way it's pretty predictable. Um, I don't know. I'm still thinking Jim. Yeah, I think we should go ahead with Jim. Unless I agree, I agree. Unless, unless Evan and Lissy have something different, because I can't think of anything else. Okay, we will go with the consensus, and we will... Uh, wait a minute, who wrote that? Frederick Pohl, was it? i got to do it so I know what I'm saying at the end of the meeting. Let me check real quick. Just a second. We're trying to figure out what I did with my stream. Okay, I'm going to... Whoops, get this oriented correctly to turn it on. Whoops. Welcome to Victor Reader. Money, September 2016. Whoops, that's what I was reading before. <laughs> um... Hold on. Yeah, it's Frederick Pohl. Okay, then. Our next meeting is on Thursday, October 12th. Uh, oops, October... Wait a minute. The... Okay, today's the 8th, so... It may be the October the 13th, and that's five weeks from today, and we will be reading Gem by Frederick Pohl. And I'll put out a newswire... Uh, and check to see if it's on Bookshare and all that stuff. So, good night.